0: is most certainly true. The Lamb of God who was long foretold has come to be our sacrifice. Jesus offered himself and graciously shed his blood in our place so that we could be forgiven. And now we have the assurance of life and glory with him forever in heaven. Join us to look to the Lamb through this sermon recently delivered at Grace. reading from Genesis chapter 12. Abram, later named Abraham, learns from the Lord uh, that salvation comes through him. He can have certainty and we can have certainty because we have faith given us by God in the promise. These words will also serve as the basis for today's sermon. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country All the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Walk to your mailbox and discover that sitting there inside is a mysterious letter. It's addressed to you. You're the one that's supposed to get it. You could tell because your address, your name is is, all there, handwritten on the front of the envelope. But you notice pretty quickly that there's something that's noticeably absent. It's the return address. You don't know who this is mystery letter came from and while you're gazing at the front of this envelope you realize something else is missing too there's no stamp where did this come from how did it get here i have a copy of your mystery letter right here dear so-and-so the time to move is now literally i want you to move Here's a list of things I want you to do before the moving truck arrives in your driveway on Thursday. Go quit your job, put your house on the market, kiss your family and friends goodbye, pack up plenty of supplies for a long road trip, maybe have the Rosetta Stone 800 number software line handy because you're leaving the country and are going to need to be fluent in another language. P.S. I'm not telling you which one. Be ready to leave and never come back. You are skipping town. You can bring your spouse if you want, but that's it. Don't worry about getting another job, finding another house, forwarding your mail. We can work out those minor details later. And one more thing, not to worry about where specifically you are going. I already told you it's not America and where you are going. They don't speak English. Besides, I have your cell number and I'll give you turn by turn directions as needed until you arrive at your destination. Blessings on your trip. And on your new life, sincerely, we'll meet again soon enough. What do you do with that letter? You're standing at the end of the driveway, and now you've got a crossroads. What do you do with this letter? Raise your hand if you go running into your house and start packing boxes because there's an adventure awaiting. Okay. Raise your hand if you crumple up this letter and throw it away. I thought that's how this little poll might go. I could throw a third option in. How many of you call the police because there's a crazy stalker in your neighborhood? It's not surprising that you would respond the way that you did because... Unknown things are kind of scary, and life-changing things we need to have a little bit more than a letter that just shows up in the mailbox. Unknown journeys to unknown places led by unknown people is pretty scary, enough that we wouldn't trust what was happening. Plus, it involves a pretty big sacrifice, leaving a comfortable life. The status quo is always easier. Why would we change, and especially in such a way? But this little scenario that I've placed before you, it's not just picked out of dreamland, is it? You've maybe figured out what I'm getting at. This is a modern-day tale to retell the story of what happened with God and his chosen Abram. God called Abram to get up and go. Abram was God's chosen, the one that he had planned to be the father of the nation of people he would call his own. Abram lived in a city called Ur of the Chaldeans, a place and a people who were well known for their pagan idolatry and their godless lifestyle. And by all accounts, by by every estimation that we have, Abram would have been counted among them. Abram would have lived that life too until God intervened. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country and your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I don't know if you caught the miracle as I read the words of our first reading from the lectern before. It's verse 4. A miracle that rivals the miracle that took place in Genesis 1 and 2 as God speaks the world and all that is in it into existence. A mighty miracle took place In Genesis chapter 12 as well, not as flashy, not as outward, but every bit as powerful and mighty and miraculous. Here's verse 4. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him. God had given Abram a command, and more than that, God gave him faith. The faith that he needed to follow the command. The faith that he needed to do just what God had called him to do, to pack up and pick up, to get up and go. God gave him the faith to heed his call. God opened his eyes that Abram could see God for who he really was. That, God could, that Abram could see God as the mighty maker of heaven and earth, the one who preserves the world. Abram's king. Savior. God came and spoke to Abram directly. He doesn't do that anymore, but God does speak to us in his word. And it's in his word that we find that we get calls from God as well. Not a call to pack up and move to a a foreign country. Not a call to check in with God later once we've arrived at the mystery destination, but God calls us God calls us to follow him. God calls us to use who we are and where we are to bring glory to him. Praise to his name. God calls on us to listen, to follow. And it's vitally important that we have our ear tuned to the call of God. It's vitally important that we spend time, ample time in his word so that we can hear his call and that we can differentiate his call from the calls that surround us all in the world young people hear calls. It's the call of peer pressure to to fit in. It's the call of the world that says everybody's doing it. It's not that big of a deal. It's the call to live your best life now and worry about the things of maturity and the, the things of significance later. You only live once, so you might as well enjoy the time that you have It's the call towards godless living. It's the call towards self-service, doing what feels right in the moment and throwing caution to the wind. I pray that you hear above it all the Savior's call. God calls you to follow him. He calls you to live a different way. Sometimes God calls you out onto the limb. To do what's different, to stand out, to say no to the things that the world so easily and readily says yes to. I pray that you follow Jesus as He takes your hand, leads you. Grandmas and grandpas hear calls too. They hear the voice from the de- the voice from the garden. The voice that the serpent used on Adam and Eve. Does God really love you? Are you sure? If God really loved you, would he allow this disease to infiltrate your body? If God really loved you, would he allow this sickness? If God really loved you, would he allow you to be as lonely as you are? If God really loved you, Would he have made it so easy for your children to run away from the faith? If God really loved you, would he have taken away your friends, your family member, even your spouse? Are you sure that God loves you? But God calls to grandmas and grandpas too. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. God calls to them and calls to us to put faith in his promises, to trust that his ways are always best. He gives us the faith and the bold confidence to follow wherever he leads us, even when he leads into a difficult place, even when he leads us through hardship and trial, head on into pain, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can trust that the shepherd guides us and is leading us for our eternal good. Moms and dads hear calls. They hear calls that life should be all about them. That really it should be what's most convenient and whatever pleases them in the moment. And if your life isn't just a little slice of heaven on earth, then it's time to make a change. It's time to get rid of the toxic relationships that are holding you down and it's time to fly I pray that we hear above it all the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus who calls us as his own. The voice of Jesus who has claimed us from darkness and shines the light of his gospel into our hearts and lives. The the voice of Jesus that reminds us who we are and whose we are. The voice of Jesus that points us to our vocations and gives us therein an opportunity to bring glory and honor and thanks and praise. It's the voice of Jesus that calls husbands to love the wi- love their wives the way that he loved the church. It's the voice of Jesus that calls wives to submit to their husbands in willing service. It's the voice of Jesus, by the way, that calls both regardless of how the other is doing at their responsibility. It's the voice of Jesus that entrusts children to parents and calls them to be a Jesus to them, and calls them to shine the light of the gospel into their entire lives. It's the voice of Jesus we follow. It's the voice of Jesus we hear. God calls each and every one of us to a unique station in life and, and calls us to follow him with the things that he's given us. He doesn't call on us to use gifts that he hasn't given, but the gifts that he has given he wants us to put to use. Even when it's not easy, even when it's hard, downright hard. In fact, I would say especially when it's downright hard is when God calls us as husbands and wives and single people, as parents and children, employers and employees. God calls on us to make sacrifices. God calls on us to get up and go, to go away from the temptation to think that the world is all about us, to get up and go and stop thinking about ourselves and and start considering the needs and desires of others. God calls us to get up and go and see the opportunity we have to be a beacon of light and a beam of hope to those that God's entrusted to our care. He calls us to get up, go. I think it's worth noting that Abram was no spring chicken when this call came to him. God tells us Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He had long since developed his sense of comfort. He had roots that were in the ground and, and deeply rooted. The status quo was working mighty, mighty well. For Abram, I'm sure it would have been a difficult thing for him to get up and go. I'm sure it would have been hard for him to uproot everything and leave. I'm sure he endured some ridicule and scorn as he told his friends what he was doing and why. But it's the faith that God put in his heart that guided him. It's the faith that led him to follow And even though he didn't know where he was going, even though he did the same as we are often called on to do, to blindly follow God and put our trust in him, God gave him that trust. God put that faith in his heart, and through it, bountiful blessing came Abram's way. God promised Abram, he said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. God gave Abram some pretty amazing promises. And you know how the story ends. You know how it comes true that Abram was a great man. A man that thousands and thousands of years later we're talking about today. Abram was a man who was revered by his countrymen and feared by his enemies Abram was great and became the father of a great nation. His descendants, Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs of the nation of Israel, of which Abram was the father. But I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. God's mystery trip ended in a place called Canaan. It's there that that God opened Abraham's eyes, it's there that he took the blindfold off and showed him what he had up his sleeve. He showed him what he had in store. He showed him that in this land, Abram's blessings would go to overflowing. It's there in Canaan that the promised land receives its name. It's there in Canaan that God makes the first promise to Abram, to your offspring I will give this land pretty great, but still not even yet the best. The best part of the promise came when God said, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abram would become a blessing to all people because of a son that would be born to him. Isaac was a child of the promise. He was a miracle birth, born in Abram's old age, but that wasn't the son, nor was Jacob nor was Judah. Generations and generations later was born a young woman named Mary. And it was through her womb, her virgin womb, that was born the one who would fulfill the promise, that was born the one who would make Abram and Abram's line a blessing to all people. Jesus got up and went leaving heaven and coming to earth. He got up and went and put himself under the law that he had created so that we could be forgiven our sins. He got up and went and lived that perfect life. He got up and went to be the Savior that the world needed. Abram was not always the model of faith that many know him to be. Abram had his faults and his failures and his weak spots too. Abram didn't always heed the call of the Lord. He sometimes followed his own ways instead. He didn't always trust that God's plan was best like we often do. He came up with his own plan and followed it to his own demise. Abram needed what God would offer through him. The blessing that God would make Abram for all people... Abram himself was included. Abram himself needed to be blessed in such a way. He needed to experience the benefit of the perfection and the holiness and the righteousness that his offspring would be. He needed the salvation that only Jesus could bring, that only Jesus could offer. And he received it through faith. And Abram becomes a blessing to us through that same Savior. We receive the benefits of his perfection. We receive the payment price that he was willing to pay. We receive the hope and the joy that a renewed and restored relationship with God brings to us. If you've ever played the game Monopoly, you know that the key to winning Monopoly is to make good trades. It's very unlikely, very rarely are you lucky enough to actually land on all the right properties and gather a color set on your own. Instead, the the way to win is to make trades with others so that you can have your whole color set so that you can build houses and hotels, so you can charge exorbitant rent so that you can have all the money on the board and declare yourself king of monopoly. That's how you win the game, right? You make good trades. Jesus made a trade that was anything but good, at least on the outside. Jesus traded heaven for earth. Jesus traded a perfect life for a tattered and torn life with your name and my name, a life that was filled with sin. Jesus gave up peace and instead took punishment and pain. Jesus gave up a crown, and took instead a cross. Jesus gave up glory and received in its place a grave. Jesus gave up everything. Not a very good way to get ahead to make trades like that, but that was not Jesus' goal. Jesus wasn't concerned about winning the game of life. He was concerned that you would win. He wasn't concerned about getting ahead. He wanted you to get ahead. And so he made these lopsided trades and was willing to trade places with you and with me and with the world so that he would be the one that received the punishment, so that he would be the one that would suffer hell, so that he would be the one who would die, so that you and I could live. We're blessed through the faith of Abraham's descendants and through the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to make for us. Through Abraham, all people are certainly blessed. All people who have faith in Abraham's God will receive the benefits that Abraham's God has planned to offer. At the end of the mystery voyage God set Abram down in that promised land and he took the blindfold off and he showed him all the things, the glories of this land that would be in his name and would be the place that his descendants would live forever, would live for a long time. Through scripture, God puts us on a virtual tour of heaven and he allows us to see the glories of what that place will be and he shows us what it is, a place where there will be no more crying or mourning or pain, no more failing health, no more peer pressure, no more loneliness, no more tears. A place that he has promised and a place that we will live there forever because of what Jesus has done because God gave us the faith and opened our eyes to be able to see him for who he is. God sets us there in this virtual tour and gives us the confidence and the assurance that that place will be ours. And he says to us, to you and to those who believe like you, I will give this land. Our God has given us some amazing promises and sustains us through them in this life. He points us to his love and urges us to live our lives to his glory. When he says, get up and go, we can do just that because he has made it possible, because he's prepared our hearts and opened our eyes and given us the promise, his presence forever. We can follow where he leads and trust where he guides us knowing that his plans are always for our eternal good, knowing that ours is a God of love. We can blindly follow, knowing that God has in mind to bountifully bless us, both here and forever in glory. My friends, get up and go and follow Jesus. thanks for listening to learn more about God's grace to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world and to find our schedule of special worship services please visit www.gracedowntown.org today and we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon this grace is for you